Look, I read a thing, and uh, <laughs> I read a thing online one time. Yeah, it was great. Welcome back to the Christ in Culture. This is Clint, and this is Steve, and it's a lovely day. It, it really is. It's a lovely day. Not um, just because you're here with me recording, but it was 80 degrees and sunny outside when yeah. we pulled up this morning. Welcome it's to just, Texas. It's a good day to be alive. It is. Life is a good thing. Yeah. I'm generally pro-life. And that would explain your job. Yeah. Yeah, that was the pun. Thanks. For everyone who's new to our show, Steve works for Texas Right to Life. Yeah, that's great. Anyway, how are you? What have you been taking? What sort of media? What's <laughs> going on? How's life? Uh, no, li- life is good. I literally just recorded with Steve, or Steve, with Gordon the other day. Yeah, I recorded with you. Don't you remember that? I don't. Um, <laughs> I recorded with Gordon the other day, and we recorded outside, which was fun. Oh, cool. Yeah, we don't always do that. Um, but that was cool. And today is a big day because our good friend, Danny Seckford, who we have shouted out on here many, many times, and actually she started her own um, kind of show which is the Catechist Scientist, right? I think something like that, yeah. Yeah. So we'll put a link to her in the show, so go check that out. Basically, she talks all about how science and religion don't actually conflict and that they actually help each other, which is kind of ironic because we actually just talked about this before the show. But before I get off track, she got her doctorate this week, and so we're celebrating with her today. But the reason we were talking about it before the show is as we were driving over here to record... I saw a bumper sticker that said uh, it, it was the Jesus fish, but instead of saying Jesus on the inside, it said science, as if science replaced Jesus, basically. basically. And then you're wearing a shirt that says something about science, too. Silence. Silence. Is what my shirt says. Oh, I read it from across the room, and that's why I was so confused. Yeah, so... This is embarrassing. He's not actually literate. Yeah. Sorry. I may have lied. Sorry, ladies. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, because it wasn't being recorded at the time, uh, we were talking to our patrons via video. Yeah. Um, and so that's what that reference was for. Anyway, uh, also, <laughs> shout out to the patrons. Yeah. Uh, oh, before anything, before anything, anything, I cannot forget, I have to shout out Mackenzie Young because she listened to our Brave New World episodes and got livid that I did not mention her by name in either episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. She was very upset. She was like, I can't believe that you wouldn't shout me out. And I was like, I have shouted you out many times in the past. Many times. Um, and she was mad. Not always by name. Yeah. But many times. Yeah. But I had to, I have to shout her out because she has brought me a new obsession with Brave New World. Yeah. And so I'm shouting her out so that I don't get murdered one day. Whoa. Um, and she was very mad at that, which is very funny. Um, yeah, but as far as media that I've been taking in, I really haven't taken in that much since we just recorded the other day, but I have been listening to a lot of podcasts still, and so I've been on Catholic Stuff You Should Know is the one fun. I've been stuck on right now. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. I've started watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I heard that's hilarious. It is such a good show. It is so funny. It, Terry Crews is in Terry Crews is in it. Okay. Yeah. Andy Samberg. It is a hilarious show. It was basically, I had a friend of mine named Samantha who we had a lot of shows that we liked in common. 
And so then she was like, you should check out this, like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and this other show, uh, Last Man on Earth. And we actually did an episode on Last Man on Earth. Um, so she's two for two in good shows. So Samantha Ketterer, I know you don't you don't listen to our podcast, but if you did, I'm giving you a shout out. There you go. Yeah. Shout out Samantha. Tons of shout outs. We're just getting started. I know. This it's going to be a day of shout outs. Uh, it's Brace just yourself. Because the sun's out, you know? Sun's out, shout outs out. That was bad. That was a that terrible. Was so bad. That was a horrible pun. <laughs> that was so bad. Yeah. Well, now at least everyone knows why we're single. There you go. Dad jokes are ready. Let's go. I'm. Yeah, we're just so ready for. Nope. Keep going. Don't. Anyway, say, don't right, say anything. So, uh, <laughs> moving on. I've also been listening to a lot of um, music recently. Oh my gosh. Uh, I've been listening to the vocal uh, vocal few, which is a band that Gordon actually shout out gordon yeah shout out recommended to us gordon yeah i mean gordon's on our podcast but he recommended this band to us after uh clint and i went into that whole americana folk tirade about how much we like that music yeah so he's like you should check out these bands and vocal few gotta tell you steve did uh i did not check out the music clearly uh because I have no idea what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. I drive a lot, so I have a lot of time in cars. So podcasts, music, it's my thing. It's my jam. So anyway, uh, one of the songs I listened to that just really spoke to my heart. First off, there's so many good songs from that band that I could probably do several podcasts on. But the ones that I kind of felt I want to talk about today are a song Out of Order and Not Giving Up. Uh, from two different CDs. So Out of Order is this is the first song, and we'll talk about that one, and then I will basically steal one or two lines from the other one to kind of help exemplify the point. Um, but in this song, Out of Order, it starts with, All that's new comes from chaos when the old is out of order, and the final series of layoffs sends the workers out to the borders. And so first and foremost, we're just jump, jumping right into this, first and foremost... Yeah. All that's new comes from chaos. When I first heard that line, it's really, you can tell how much of a theology nerd I am. My very first thought was the creation story. Mm. Okay. Because the Jewish people, for the longest time, up until about Maccabees era, when they looked at Genesis 1 as a story, they viewed it as God ordering chaos. That all that was there was already there. And he just ordered it because that's their understanding of God, right? At that point, like, he basically took this people that were chaotic and brought something new, brought the kingdom of Israel. He ordered the chaos. And it wasn't until Maccabees when, you know, they really believed in the resurrection of the body and people were getting burned alive by the Greeks that they realized, oh, wait, God will be able to restore them. So God can actually create out of nothing. And they started having an understanding that God creates out of nothing. Ex nihilo. <clears throat> right. But the idea of God creating out of chaos, mm-hmm. right? And in a lot of times, it's when our lives are chaotic that we turn toward God in the first place and something new is able to come of it. Yeah, I actually didn't think of that at all. I was thinking more of New Testament, Old Testament. Mm. So all that's new comes from chaos. So everything that is in this this New Testament story of Jesus comes as a result and as a conclusion to all the chaos that was happening in the old testament uh kind of like this is the the climax the finalization of everything that we've heard up to this point 
Not sure if that works yet, but in the first two lines, that's what I'm going with. When the old is out of order, everything was definitely out of order in the Old Testament yeah. for, for most of the time. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's still kind of that way. Yeah. Um, the Our faith is very, I'm drawing with my finger, which is very kind of uh, <laughs> Don't hit your microphone. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so uh, in the final series of layoffs, sends the workers out to the borders. And so... Um, I think there's several ways you can take that, but I'm going to hop into the next line because I think it sheds light on that previous line of, okay. and there's still no comfort that comforts all those who stay within the frames. And then it continues, because whatever it is that keeps them stable isn't able to give them their names. And so when I see that with like the final series of layoffs and the workers out to the borders, that it kind of as somebody who is once unemployed, it really forces you to step outside of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And you got to, you know, we as a culture, as an American culture, really care so much about stability. You know, it's making sure you're stable, making sure you have the money, make sure, you know, you have this job. And we really begin to idolize our careers and our homes and our, our like way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, as almost the our greatest good, right? And I think a good example of that is is uh, we have a we have a supporter at Texas Right to Life who everything's going to work out, but uh, their company was being bought out, so they weren't even sure they were going to have a job. And they always give a certain amount of money mm-hmm. uh, throughout the year, and so they were like, "Well, we don't know if we're going to have it because I might lose my job." And so instead of giving it in several installments throughout the year, here's all that we normally give you all up front in January. I might lose my job in three months, but I'm putting my trust in the Lord. Holy Because cow. like my tithe and like my giving to God and his causes is more important to me than like my career or mm-hmm. my, like my status in life. That's amazing. And that shook me to the core. It shook me to the core because it made me realize, you know, what do I idolize? Like, do I idolize my job? Do I idolize money? Because, you know, it's funny that whenever things start to get tough financially, the first thing we get rid of is, like, our tithe or, like, what we're giving to the church or, like, what we're giving to to those causes. And that really should be the first thing we do. You know, my dad always told me growing up, he's like, you got to pay yourself first. And I understand where he's coming from. It's about saving. But where you should put your money first is definitely with with God. Mm -hmm. Which is hard. It is difficult, and I it's mean, inc- that's even in scripture, right? You have the people who are yeah. like giving tithes out of their excess, and then the woman who gave the two coins. Two coins. Yeah. And that's my exact point: is that God cares more about like He praises more that woman who gives everything when she has nothing than somebody who has a ton of money and just does the bare minimum of what they can. Because what we have to begin to realize is everything we have is of God. Like the fact that we even have a life and we're even healthy enough to work, and the fact that we have a job, and the fact that we're able to even do any of that is because God has given us the free gifts of being able to be healthy, being able to be alive, being able to make free choices and have free will to do these things. And so if we're not giving back, then we're almost saying we're not thankful for those gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I Again, I kind of took this in a different direction, but... Mm-hmm. And the final series of layoffs sends the workers out to the borders. That mm-hmm. part, I immediately thought of uh, co-workers in the vineyard. Yeah. Uh, so we, we as missionary disciples, we as Christians, are sent to be co-workers in the vineyard, which means we're supposed to work together 
for the vineyard of, of God yeah. to, to build up and care for his church. And so when it says that those workers are being sent to the borders, it means we're being sent out, like Pope Francis always talks about, to the fringes, uh, yeah. to places, like, like you said, where we're uncomfortable, where it's outside of our, our comfort zone, and that's where we're being sent to. But then going into the next part you were talking about, and then and there's still no comfort that comforts all those who stay within the frames. So those who choose not to go to the borders, those who choose to stay within what they believe is comfortable, still there's nothing that's going to be satisfying to them. Yeah, There's nothing that's going to truly comfort them. And, and it goes into the next line, because whatever it is that keeps them stable, whatever it is that makes them feel comfortable for that short amount of time, isn't able to give them their names. Yeah. That's the next line. Where do our names come from? Our names come from, uh, well, I talk about this all the time in a talk that I give about labels, right? It's the only thing that has, or only person, I guess, that has power to label or give us names is that which owns us or that which creates us. Yeah. And so who created us? Well, our God. parents and God. Yeah. And so that's where our names truly come from. Yeah, and I take that too as, that's probably one of my favorite lines of all time, uh, because whatever it is that keeps them stable isn't able to give them their names. Because what are we really seeking out of life? Like when we want really good jobs, when we want all of the status, we want ultimately to be loved, right? We want people to recognize us, to care about us. Sometimes we think, oh, if I have this really good job, then I'll make people proud of me or I'll have like some sort of status and people will like me because we crave that relationship. Mm-hmm. But those things in themselves can't give you your name because they're not a person. They're not someone you can have a relationship with. They don't know you. Hmm. And that's going to move right into the pre-chorus, which is a great pre-chorus that goes right into it. For every 50 half-known faces, there is one acknowledged soul who walks within the waste of mysteries untold while they're still singing. Um, And they're referring like they're still singing to the chorus. Work buy, use, die, and just keeps going off mm-hmm. that. Um, and that's the chorus. So that's exactly what I talk about is there are basically these 50 half-known faces that live life as work, buy, use, die, of their life is this cycle of just, I go to work, I buy something, I use it, and I just keep that cycle going until eventually you die. And there's no real life in that. It's mm-hmm. just going through these motions and really not even getting to embrace the fullness that is life. And I think there are plenty of people, myself included, who have fallen right into that sort of trap, you know, where you get into a funk and you just kind of go through the motions and you do the same things and you aren't taking, excuse me, you aren't taking any steps to grow and, to, and step outside of your comfort zones. Well, that, that's the, the language <clears throat> of our yeah. our modern culture. Yeah. You work, you buy, because it's a consumerist mm-hmm. economy, you know. You use those things, and mm-hmm. that leaks over into people, too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I was actually about to go into oh, that, but yeah. Sorry. No, perfect. And you keep Still doing those three things over and over and over again until you die. And maybe you're going to get to this, so I apologize. You no, can cut this out. Yeah. But the title of this song is Out of Order. Mm-hmm. I think that speaks into, uh, obviously, this is very poetic, but out of order you think of vending machines you think of some kind of machine or something that you're you're buying or you're using and it's out of order yeah but i think they're trying to show us that those things 
the the desire the the attachment to those things that is what is out of order yeah in this relationship and i think going back to that first line for every 50 half known faces half known that's because that's the relationships that we have mm-hmm. maybe i see you and oh hey how's your day i don't really care how, yeah how often do, do we as people do that you know oh i they're so shallow relationships yeah i talk to people from other um like other countries and whenever you say how are you like that to them that actually means you're about to sit down they're about to grab some coffee and we're going to talk about how you are and so we're like oh hey how are you and we walk past them they're they get really confused and they're like that is the rudest thing anyone has ever done you have zero care about me as a person right um like just say hello just say hi you have words for that yeah don't pretend you care and it's like funny to hear them complain about that but if you think about it, it is very weird that we will just be like, hey, how are you? And just walk past like we mm-hmm. don't care. I, and, and so I love that out of order. And, and it's not a wrong time to go into it. Out of order, it also means that something is broken. Yeah. And that what is order, right? Because all this new comes from chaos, right? There's a chaos in this thing that is broken, that is out of order. So they're order. what is the ordered version of this chaos? And it is this one acknowledged soul. Who walks within the waste of mysteries untold. What does that mean? Well, for me, it sounds like contemplation. It sounds to me like somebody who walks within this waste of mysteries untold. This mystery that we refer to God's mysteries. This person who walks side by side with God. Where it's totally a mystery untold. We can understand a ton about God. Like, right, we have theology. We have thousands of years of theology but we've still barely scratched the surface of who God is. You know, he's infinite. He's, we can never fully under, fully know him. Um, and so in, in a certain sense, when we walk with the Lord, we are walking with these mysteries untold. Hmm. Um, and when I hear like within the waste of mysteries untold, it sounds very Eastern, like very mystic in its theology. Uh, when they talk about this cloud of God, they refer to being in the presence of God and almost being blinding, like not being able to, to see. They refer to it as like a darkness, like the light is so light, bright, that you're blinded. And it's almost like this darkness that you walk in because you just can't comprehend the the greatness and the beauty of God. Yeah, I, I think for me that part, um, kind of a similar meaning, meaning, but for every 50 half-known faces, I already kind of talked about that, there's one acknowledged soul. So for every 50 that have this shallow, impersonal mm-hmm. relationship, there's only one yeah. that truly is known. And kind of like what we were talking about, who is the one that we're desiring that relationship for? It's God, like right? yeah. the one who gives them their names. Mm-hmm. And so there's only one out of every 50 that is truly acknowledged, that is truly known, that truly understands that relationship. And so they can calmly walk through these wastes calmly walk through these mysteries because they know that there's something stable outside of them. Yeah. That's kind of the way I'm seeing that while everyone around them is singing this song work by use die. This person is able to walk through without being torn apart by, by that mentality. Right. And so I love this. And so we're going to get in verse three, which is I think a great verse. Um, and kind of tells me that I think that this guy's got to know just, the teeniest bit of theology because it's it's a pretty good good part for every five of the ones who travel there is one who returns to their home to tell a story 
that over time unravels till it's canonized in their tomes. Because then it goes back into the pre-chorus and the chorus. So of all these people, these one acknowledged souls, one out of five of those come back and they tell this story. So they've walked in this mystery, right? They've walked in this mystery of God. They've walked in this experience that they've had with God. And they go back and they tell a story that over time unravels. And that's how scripture is being compiled. When you look at the Old Testament, when you even look at the New Testament, it's this, I have encountered God. And this is my story. And it was passed down through this oral tradition. And um, when you look at like Job, the book of Job was a famous story that was basically was broken apart and has all of this stuff added to it. Um, to really break down who God is. And you know, so when I read that part, I realize like that's what's happening. And that's the beauty of our faith. And what we talk about here on this podcast of like the importance of stories is that we individually, just like David or Solomon or any of the people of the Old Testament or the apostles, have a chance to experience God and share our story. Mm. To participate. In yeah. The story. Yeah, I, I think looking at this, I think this is the saints. Mm-hmm. For every five of the ones who travel, there is one who returns to their home. Well, what is our home? Our home is to be with God. Yeah. That's what we're made for. That's what we're created for. And so for every five of the ones who travel, a lot of the times going to the afterlife or whatever is seen as traveling. You know, the Greeks used to, uh, well, we talked about this last week. The Greeks had a god whose purpose was to bring the souls to their final resting place in the afterlife. Um, And so it's always seen as traveling. And so for every five of us who die, I think it's saying there's one who actually makes it to their home. There's one who becomes a saint. And when they get there, they have this story that over time unravels for the rest of us. Because we as as Christians and as Catholics, especially, we go to these stories to guide our own, mm-hmm. right? We, we learn from the saints. We Hopefully, we don't idolize them, but we, we look to the things that they did to help us do the same. Yeah. And I think that even goes to the last line where it says, till it's canonized in their tomes. Mm-hmm. They're canonized. They're saints. That's, yeah. that's what it means um, in their tomes, in, in their stories. Right. And then that goes into exactly what you're saying, where we all have the opportunity and the calling to participate in that same story, the story of God. Um, and so then the final thing I want to get into is the bridge, which it's a, I make my decision out past the door, no ammunition into the war. There is no protection where good souls are born. Winds shift direction. Here comes the wolves. Here come the wolves. Here come the wolves. This is beautiful. No, I think this goes back to the beginning. Yeah. Because in the beginning, we were talking about uh, going outside of the frames, out to the mm-hmm. borders, and how it's dangerous. But even if we stay, we're not going to find comfort. And so I think this is the part where they're making uh, the very first line. I make the decision out past the door. Mm-hmm. I'm going outside of what is comfortable in this yeah. safe home. I have no ammunition. I have nothing, mm-hmm. but I'm trusting. Just like yeah. the the person who is walking through the waste, he's trusting. He has nothing 
and he's just going out, no protection, where good souls are born. Yeah. This is where he's called to be. This is where the good souls, the saints that we just talked about in the last section, mm-hmm. this is where that happens in the danger, in the places where we're risking it all and going outside of our comfort zone where wind shifts direction and here come the wolves. Right. Because we're being attacked. When it talks about like going in ammunition into the war, right? Like we are fight, like we are participants in this war and going back to a previous podcast we did on another song from a band that I like, uh, the ring the bells. Oh yeah. From Johnny swim about like, how do you fight that war? Well, you don't fight it with ammunition. You fight it with the gospel, right? You fight it with this love. And so you're, you're, you're basically trusting to go out where the wolves are. Right. And I think of, um, was it Daniel with the lions, right? Where he's thrown to the lions. He's thrown, we're thrown, we're giving ourselves over to the wolves and trusting that God will protect us, right? We're going with no ammunition, no protection where good souls are born into this war. Every time someone talks about that story, I think of the VeggieTales version. <laughs> um, of course you do. Of course you do. Let's be honest. I'm sure there's someone listening right now who is totally relating to that. I'm sure. We are the VeggieTales yeah, generation. I never watched VeggieTales. That explains so much. Yeah, that's why I'm a pagan. So the, the second song I want to get into is by Bokafuf called Not Giving Up. Uh, we're going to switch it up just quickly because it, it, it goes back to this idea of being in the mysteries untold. And really the big lines I want to get to, it opens up with, I guess, it basically sets up as they are stuck inside. It's a snowstorm. Um, it's so a Christmas say, song. It is a Christmas song. It says, so now we sit alone and nurse our broken bones and every door has been closed and windows are boarded up. And so this part, do you see the light? Does it shine in the dark? Do you find hope? Is it hanging by a rope in your heart? Do you get comfort? Does it come when you consider the cross? Or are you lost, just like I'm lost? Hmm. Yeah, I think these guys are very obviously Christian. Yeah. (laughs) Do you see light? Does it shine in the dark? Do you find hope? Is it hanging by a rope in your heart? Hmm. And it talks about, and it kind of goes in about how he has all sorts of questions, but how he's not giving up. And when when I read this, yeah, so we just talked about making sure you go out the door, you step outside of your comfort zones. But then this kind of talks about what is it like to walk in those mysteries untold. Is sometimes you, you don't board up necessarily. Like you want to make sure you're outward with your faith and loving, but that we need to make sure that we take the time and contemplation to contemplate the things like the cross, to let it bring us that comfort, to then in turn, not just, um, so you see the light, does it shine in the dark? How is it that you, you see the light? How is it that that light shines in the dark? How is it that you find that hope? And how do you get that comfort when you consider the cross? Well, when you end up being the light in the darkness, when you end up being the light in the darkness and bringing hope to others is where you begin to see the Lord at work. It's one thing to sit there and be in contemplation, and we need that to be filled first before we move out. But if we stay there, we'll inevitably find ourselves discontented. And then you have to do what the second, the first song says of then go out to the borders, mm-hmm. right? Like contemplate, be with God, be with those mysteries, but return home and tell your story and then watch God work through you 
and it'll just enrich your experience, right? Because God has come to us to fill us and fulfill us, but he doesn't want us to stay there, right? He didn't just tell the apostles when they said, it is good for us to be here during the transfiguration to say, yeah, let's just set it up right here. He says, no, we have to leave the mountain. We have to spread. Mm -hmm. We have to tell people. We have to bring more into this. Yeah, and I think it, it comes down to you can't give what you don't have, mm-hmm. you know. And I think a lot of the times we as as ministers and as missionaries, we go out and we just want to give, 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 and mm-hmm. we never actually take care of ourselves. Uh, we never take care of our own spiritual life or our own personal growth. And that's not what we're, what we're being called to do. We are called to give, 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 but also we're called to fill ourselves, right? We're called to take time with God to build up that own our own relationship because... When it comes down to it, God's love should overflow out of us, right? I don't know if you've ever done this, but when I used to work with little kids on retreats, like really young kids, we would always teach them this lesson by having a cup, an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And we'll say, hey, this is you. And then we'll take a lot of water, like way more water than fits in the cup. And then we'd have someone sit under the cup because it made it funny. But then you pour the water into the cup and it's like oh we're full so i i have the option now i can dump it out and that's me giving of god's love and so you dump it on the person and all the kids are like oh that's hilarious or and you put it over their head and you just keep pouring and when it's full it overflows right so you stay full but also it's overflowing onto those around you too. That's right. the way we're supposed to be. We're supposed to allow it to fill us and then overflow, not just fill up and then pour out until we're drained. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what it ends up looking like. Because it, I always say, you know, one of the things that always struck me is that in our lives, there will come a time when we realize that we're just not capable, that we can't love the way we need to love, that we, that at some point, we're going to be brought to our knees and we're going to realize I can't do it. And I imagine that at that moment is when Christ says, you're right, mm-hmm. but I can. Yeah. And that's something that, that, that strikes me, especially as somebody who has been brought to my knees many times through the course of my life and has too much pride to ever really learn from it as much as I should, that I am constantly reminded and having to remind myself that, I can't do it alone. And that, I mean, thank God for Jesus Christ, to quote St. Paul, you know, mm-hmm. that I don't have the power to do most things in my life. And anything that I can do, I can't boast of because it's just God working through me. Well, this is what Lent's all about, right? And yeah. When this comes out, we will be in Lent because we're in Lent right now. But to realize that we can't do it on our own and that we are. We are broken, and yet we are still called to do those things. That's why one of the pillars of Lent is acts of charity, mm-hmm. right? Acts of love, uh, or alms giving, you know. And so, yes, pray, yes, fast, because that's the the prayer is where we fill ourselves. The fasting is where we remind ourselves that we can't do it on our own, and then the alms giving is where we are called to go out outside of our comfort zone, just like the songs we're talking about. 
Yeah, and also the importance of giving of love and everything is love, especially the love of God, which is love is actually love. True love isn't something that can be hoarded. It's one of those paradoxical things that you see in our faith where the moment you try to, you know, if, you, if God's filling you with love and you try to hold on to it and cling to it and hoard it, it just like vanishes from your hands. You must give it to receive it. Yeah, it's something that you have to give away. And that's the only way you can really keep it is by constantly letting it outpour from you. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else you have? No, um, I mean, I, I didn't really know these songs until we got started. <clears throat> but um, no, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And I really want to focus on that first one, the out of order. Yeah. And everyone, I, f- I feel like everyone will say that there's something wrong with our society. Mm-hmm. Whether you agree with Steve and I's opinions on whatever you would agree that there's something wrong with the way that we live and I feel like people throughout history no matter what age or society they're in everyone says that there's always something wrong yeah right so if we can recognize that things are out of order then I think it's our duty not just as Christians but as human beings to do our part to help restore it to what little order we can Right. And so I think this song is saying, go out of your way, go out to places where you're uncomfortable and help make this world a better place. You know, and right. as Christians, we know what that looks like and we're just too afraid to do it sometimes. Yeah. So I guess my challenge yeah, for this week would be first and foremost to take time to walk in those mysteries untold. Um, whether it be spiritual reading, whether it be um, contemplative time, I would honestly suggest like taking some spiritual work to like adoration for an hour this week, something very practical that allows us to grow in that. But then don't leave it there. I want whatever it is that God puts you on your heart in that to then go out and share mm. um, and to be emboldened to go out to the borders. After that, uh, I don't know if there's any other shout-outs you have. I'm going to shout-out uh, my coworker Monica, who just found out that I had a podcast and began listening. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, it's so weird to hear you from a year ago. I didn't even know you. And I'm like, I existed. <laughs> I did, in fact, exist. Still the real And she's person. like, so did I. We just didn't know each other. And I was like, yes, that's, 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 that's how, how that life works. works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was great. And so I'm happy that she's listening and she's enjoying the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a couple of shout outs real quick to some new listeners and followers. Uh, first off, if you are a new listener and follower and we haven't given you a shout out, that's probably because we can only see some people depending on what platform you listen on. Mm-hmm. So shout out to people who we haven't given shout outs to because we can't see. Yeah. If you listen on iTunes, we have no idea that you listen. Yeah. We don't even know how many people listen through Apple. Uh, really? We have a vague idea, but yeah. yeah. So a couple that we do know is one is Jeff Anderson. Uh, so shout out Jeff. And then a couple other ones, uh, Kelsey W. I don't really know what your last name is, but uh, shout out to you. And then also Bridget Edwards. So shout out to all you guys. Thanks for following us. And, and hopefully you're enjoying the show so far. We appreciate you guys. So with that, uh, like Steve said earlier, there are some people who are watching us live right now. So all of you who are watching the live stream of all of our shows, uh, thank you for being patrons. That's one of the, the perks of being uh, our 
support us on Patreon. If you like what we do, please consider helping support us. Uh, it's not free for us to make these these podcasts and videos and everything else that we've been doing. So if you can help us out, we would appreciate it. Even if it's only $5 a month or a couple dollars a month, uh, everything helps. So you can figure out how to help us at the Patreon link below. And for everyone who supports us, we give extra content to you. So if you want extra content, if you want some of our like special merchandise, if you want access to that kind of stuff, uh, that's for our patrons only. So go to the link in the the text box below. You can also find it at our website, which is www.thechristinculture.com. Make sure you say the Christ in culture, because otherwise you'll get taken to some other website. Again, just a reminder that it is really crucial that we be able to have the money to do this, that we can continue to grow and have better podcasts and better content for all of you as somebody who doesn't actually live near clint or gordon it's like an hour drive to come and record these uh for either way and so um as we get more patrons we'll be able to buy more equipment and we can begin doing things um, remotely to where we are able to create content for you guys in a better way with better sound quality yeah so so that's what we're asking for we're not making any money off of this guy's uh So please, please, please consider helping us grow uh, because we just, we can't do it on our own. Yeah. So with that, also, if you like what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on whatever platform you're listening to that helps us reach more people. And also just tell people the best way that we've, we've grown so far is just by your word of mouth. So if you like what we're doing, please tell your friends and help us grow. Well, thanks again for uh, joining us on the adventure. And we'll see you guys next week.